What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show. I didn't really feel like recording today. Usually recording and preparing for these episodes requires me to get into my feelings. And there are some days like today where I don't want to feel. I run away or try to sedate myself from feeling and it makes it especially hard to create from a deep place when I'm running away from the place I need to create. So what do you do when you don't want to feel your feelings? Of course, you talk about feeling feelings. That's a way to break out of it. Come up with a prescription for myself out loud. Let's see how that works. I think this is a running theme in my life, my avoidance of feelings. Even though I've gotten more in touch with them as I've gotten older, I try not to feel too much because I don't operate well based off of feelings. Feelings are an unreliable source. They change and shift so drastically moment to moment that I don't know when I should be paying respect to them or when I should be completely disregarding them. And in that fine balance of always trying to figure it out, I found myself leaning more often to the side of not feeling at all than risking the feeling of them at times when they should be shut off and causing more chaos and confusion than necessary. So mostly numb and leave the crying for good commercials, puppy videos, and soldiers coming home. That's my strategy for life and feelings. It's a top-notch plan. I'm selling this proven failed method in my new course for 997. On a serious note, there's probably good reason for why we don't want to feel our feelings, especially if you're like me. And I know there's a whole group of people who just live in their feelings, people with different personality types. And I can't imagine being on either extreme is healthy. So I don't know if I can relate to you people, but for the people like me who avoid feelings because we think that they get in the way of us remaining on task, talking to us, and I know recent generation has been changing and stigmatizes mental health less than we used to at least, but for the most part, men are raised to suck it up and don't show their emotions. And even as I'm saying this, there's a conflict inside of me because there's a part of me that does really believe that there isn't room for emotions and feelings, especially for people who accomplish a lot in life and the things that they have to do. There's no room for emotions and feelings. And I think that points to a flaw in my understanding as I'm thinking it through because I automatically equate feelings with chaos and an upheaval to progress and almost something that uproots everything that is and destroys or slows down the becoming of something, my feeling about feelings and my experience from which these feelings arise 
are probably biased because I already try to avoid them at all costs, that when they force their presence into my life, that the natural turbulence they cause compared to the steadiness I try to maintain is automatically disruptive and a change of scenery and different from what is normal for me. Just the infrequent acknowledgement of feelings makes it that when they do come up, I presume that they create more commotion than they otherwise would if I invited them more often. At least that's one theory. The point I was trying to make is that even though the generation nowadays is headed towards us getting in touch with our feelings and an increased amount of attention is being paid to wellness and mindfulness and meditation and there must be some validity to sitting with ourselves enough to build awareness to the uncomfortable internal chatter, disassociate with it to some degree and ultimately feel what we need to feel to eventually be free of it and free of some of it. And even with this being acknowledged as a pathway to dealing with feelings, I still understand deeply and personally why we don't want to feel them. And so many reasons come to mind as to why I avoid them. Because they suck. They're too much. They're scary and consuming. It's hard to make them stop once the gate is open. It's a risk of exposure. They get me off task and waste time. And I should just get over it. And what comes to mind, like Tony Soprano said the first time he had to go to therapy, whatever happened to Gary Cooper? He says, nowadays, everybody got to go to shrinks and counselors. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper? The strong, silent type. He wasn't in touch with his feelings. He just did what he had to do. They didn't know that once they got Gary Cooper in touch with his feelings, that they wouldn't be able to get him to shut up. Then it's dysfunction this and dysfunction that. Maybe these are just the places that my thoughts go when I think about feeling my feelings. I'm a little crazy. But there's definitely an attraction to the strong, silent archetype. The hero who suffers in silence with a smile on his face and still has the utmost level of competency and charisma and class and never lets his pain be shown. So I can't be blamed for wanting to hard-nose through every problem in life, order myself around, demand myself instead of try to influence myself to do things. Stuff down my feelings. Put on blinders and just do what is necessary. But it only gets you so far. And I'm seeing the toll it takes on you to have so many unprocessed feelings that resurface where they need to be acknowledged in unexpected ways in different parts of your life. And you come to a realization that there really is no way around a life where you feel your feelings. I think it was Socrates who said, an unexamined life is not worth living. Avoidance is not a strategy. Sorry, Gary Cooper. Even the Stoics didn't prescribe avoiding our feelings. They just taught against being a slave to them. 
So as it normally happens when I start to ponder on a topic, my reticular formation in the brain starts to pay attention to things I'm listening to or reading to help draw on for an episode. And my brain was already thinking about, well, if it's not stuffing my feelings, what's the benefits of feeling our feelings? Is there some evidence to the benefits on the other side of this strong, silent type? And I was listening to an episode on uh, capitalism.com with Brooke Castillo and Ryan. And it's hard to talk about just one gem from this multiple episodes that they did together. I think they did like three or four. I'll share one that relates to this. Ryan talks about how he had to let himself lay there for hours just feeling his feelings. And how terrible of an experience it was to actually feel them. And then he, of course, talks about how those feelings, after feeling them, freed him. And to be on the other side of truly letting himself feel all that shame and guilt was this freedom. After letting his ego attack him during that time and sit there and really feel his feelings, he talks about being on the other side. Which ultimately freed him from the fear of them and the avoidance of them and gave him access to the lessons that they held within them. And he says this as Brooke, who is a life coach, who I would expect to be a proponent of feelings, but it wasn't the spiritual feel your feelings for transcendence speech that would have gotten to me, because I've heard that probably so many times. But in her own style, she says, feeling your feelings makes you rich. And instantly I was like, what? And that got me thinking about all of this more. How much of what I don't have in life already is something I'm denying myself by not fully leaning into the emotions that are present? How much potential is buried under unprocessed garbage from years of avoidance that now shows up as a natural part of my personality or attitude or belief system or something else? How much richer in all aspects would I be if I framed feelings in a way that actually open, not close doors? If I let them be too much at first, but allowed myself to feel them and sit with them long enough to let them lose their charge instead of carrying them around. In our modern age of having moved beyond manual labor and excellence in might and brawn being the primary determination of success, even fastly accelerating past the knowledge economy, it's become less important to drown out our aches and pains and feelings that continue to earn a living like it would be in a manual labor job and instead has turned into the one with the highest degree of control on their inner world is the one that's rewarded the most. This is why calm and composure is the paramount quality of star athletes and CEOs who get compensated the most. And yeah, I can probably come up with other reasons for why there's benefits to feeling our feelings. But then you're telling me that being rich isn't compelling enough. And then I would have to check your temperature. Are you sick?
And even if being rich isn't a translation into currency for you, there's other forms of wealth hidden in our feelings. So if we're in agreement with why we should feel our feelings, let's talk briefly about how to do that and when to do that. So to answer the question from an amateur's perspective who is just now acknowledging the need for feelings, still actively avoiding them on many days when the feelings are overwhelmingly in attendance, and still learning to temper that with the benefits, and reminding myself of that, of leaning into them, from that amateur imperfect state, the avenues I would point to have to be proactive ones instead of reactive ones. Meaning, in the beginning, when converting from someone who avoided feelings in the past, it's better to venture out into the feelings on your own terms with a degree of willingness. Instead of trying to manage and deal with the emotional uproar you may find yourself in. And it isn't that one instance is more fruitful than the other, but in the beginning, the one you venture into on your own accord has less potency because you're almost prepared to go into it as opposed to managing what feels like a hijacking. So the proactive avenues that are well-known and not novel to actually venture into your feelings One of them, the major one, I would say, is meditating. And yes, again, not novel, but meditating as beneficial as it is, often comes and often is the first revealing sign that most of us are avoidant of feelings. Because so many of us, so many people, as soon as we try to meditate, are like, oh, I can't meditate, it's just too hard to sit there, I get antsy. And that's essentially the point of meditation. Novel Ravikant on a Tim Ferriss podcast talks about his 60-minute meditation sessions that don't look anything like the traditional mantra or breathing that we do on these apps. Instead, it's him just sitting through his feelings for at least 60 minutes daily in the morning. He says, real meditation And self-examination like that will create significant shifts in how you operate in life. You will make changes in your life. Problems will get resolved. You will quit a job. You start reading different books. You just start working through a lot of different things when you really examine yourself. And eventually about after 60 days, with 60 minutes a day at least, he says you get to a state of what he calls inbox zero where you have almost caught up with all the past due things that are just pending, all the feelings that you haven't acknowledged up until yesterday. And now your mind is more clear and your anxiety level is a lot lower. And he talks about how this one hour a day is such a source of joy that it has erased the need for any external sources of happiness for him. Because if he can feel that good by himself one hour a day in the morning, What else does he need? All from actually feeling his feelings. He says to really know the quality of your life, turn off all your gadgets and just sit with yourself. That's what you're running away from. When you sit with it long enough, 
to catch up to it, you can affect the quality of your life. Other proactive ways to lean into our feelings is by journaling. On top of doing uh, clearing my head journaling morning pages style thing that I do in the morning for three pages just to get the critic part of my brain out, the one that likes to tell me I'm not good enough. I've started to add in posing questions to myself that put me into vision mode to try to answer. And you feel most powerful when you're in vision mode. So you can evoke these feelings and deliberately feel those evoked feelings to give you uninhibited superhuman power. And pose yourself questions from this state to this state like, what would it take? How can I make this happen? What stands in the way? What is one more thing I can do today to get me to? Just questions that get your vision involved. What if I needed to do and hit this goal by the end of this year and it was an audacious goal? And there's benefits of using the empowered vision state to chart out these answers without them being limited to any how you're currently limited to. Because it gets you halfway to what's possible. And then as a source of more feelings at a later time when you are no longer in vision mode, back in your small-minded how mode, where you're back to feeling the restrictiveness of your current resources and saying, how can I accomplish all of that with the limits of where I am right now? From that small state of how, reread all the answers to all those questions and try to reconcile how it was you just in a different emotional state, who had a belief enough to envision past any current limitation that you may feel. That is just another part of you. And that even though the you now, who is in this how mode, can't relate, that there's a bunch of new feelings now for you to work through as to why. Why don't I believe when I believe? Does that even make sense? There's a part of me that believes and a part of me that doesn't. And in answering and sitting with those feelings as to why that comes up, I'm trying to understand deeper parts of me that are keeping me from ultimate richness. And yes, there is a time and place for feelings. This is really supposed to be an internal process. And all those unheard and stuffed down, avoided feelings for years are already built into your personality. So it's not like they aren't a public affair. But in proactively processing them, it requires you to take ownership and responsibility for all of them, no matter the involvement of anyone else in your feelings. So in working through your feelings, it's our job to look at the source of friction inside of us that is being affected and use the data to work on ourselves, not impose anything on anyone else. So the time and place for feelings is really anytime you can process them willingly without there being too much contagion into other obligations and activities and rapport with other people. I don't recommend packing your emotions with you to take into the office every morning 
nor into your interactions with your kids or your spouse. Again, although these places and these interactions may present scenarios that trigger feelings, the processing of them is an inquiry into what is happening inside of us that is actually being triggered. The result of which is deeper than just pointing at the offending trigger and is more so using that as a starting point to investigate the source spot of why it is being affected. It does not require the involvement of other people other than your therapist who can just guide your own self-inquiry. Hopefully not a therapist who infects you with ideologies and really lets you find the answers within yourself. So whatever happened to the strong silent types? They're probably just silent, not recording a podcast, crying about their feelings like me. So, yeah. I'll just evolve my strategy with the ever-evolving world that parades emotional resilience above all else, feel my feelings, catch up on my inbox, and no longer burden myself with avoidance. Instead, I can just lean into the signals and the language that my feelings are trying to communicate to me if I give them that ability by offering them a quiet space to not be overpowered by noise and give them my subtle attention, feel them for what they have to offer and just use them as a resource for information and guidance. And abundance awaits. These mountains that you are carrying you were only supposed to climb. Feel those feelings. Love you, family.